This is Power 102 Digital, the Power Breakfast Show podcast series. Alrighty, 10 minutes after the hour is 7 o'clock. Thank you for joining us on the second hour of the Power Breakfast Show. Thank you, A.B., for our major news. Of course, we have a news brief coming up at 8 o'clock and at uh, on the dot, 8 o'clock. News and weather and traffic. Speaking of traffic, let's take a look at it. See what's happening on the highways and on the byways at this time. Peak time. Let's start out in the east. Let's not start out in the east. Ah, boy. From Maloney to Yui. And then uh, from Valsay in the Port of Spain. Eastern Main Road, busy. Tacarigua. Towards Makoya. Makoya Road is heavy. Usual spots coming out of Lower Santa Cruz, going to Lady Young Road, out of Maraval, out of Dago, out of uh, Central, taking the uh, Southern Main Road, going to Chin Chin towards Curep. Riverland Road is heavy from the roundabout. And uh, the creek is not too bad. All right, usual spots in San Fernando. Got some traffic like in Golaconda Connector Road, Taruba Link Road, uh, Naprima Mayaro Road. Yeah, you got some traffic. All right. All right, let's get the results of our poll, Richie Rich. Let's do that. Let me just check to see if our guest is online as well. Our poll this morning was Do you agree with the UNC's nomination of Israel Camp Senior Council as a candidate for president? So we had 25 people voting in the allotted time. Of the 25 people, 24 of you said no, you do not agree with the nomination of Israel Khan as a possible yeah. candidate for president. One person said yes. So 24 said no, one person said yes. Of course, you can continue to vote on this poll throughout the day, throughout programming, and we'll give you the final results tomorrow morning. Yes. You may have a defense president that cost somebody. I'm sure that it's happened already. Well, it hasn't been reported. <laughs> Things like that don't get reported. No. But, I'm, but I'm sure it has happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pre- yeah. President does not beyond Well, publicly cursing somebody, let me see. Mm-hmm. Israel Khan is a different kind of personality. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Of course, you can continue to vote online. Uh, it's on our website and on our app until tomorrow morning. Um, and of course, I'll give you the final results at this time, at that time. All right. Um, as we wait for our guest, Dr. Nicole Ramlachan, to join us via our Zoom link, uh, where we stream on YouTube. Of course, you go to YouTube and look for Power One and Two FM. Uh, it may say Trinidad, it may say streaming or online. Just that's the one. All right. 13 minutes after the hour is 7 o'clock. So we'll see how it goes. We have 10 days to go before that electoral college convenes. And I just hope there's no drama. Last time it convened, it was quite dramatic. It was a lot. 
No, I'm not for that level of drama. I'm sure it will be, you know, not fine. Oh God, they have all of these pictures of Kylie Maloney that just keeps breaking your heart. Yeah, it is really a, another tragic situation in this country, and I don't understand how those people are feeling this morning, knowing that you have killed a six-year-old. So you get up and you have breakfast, you go, you scramble your eggs. And anything about it, she looks um, just like my niece. It's quite unfortunate. Yeah. And they're the same age. You know, so... I don't know. And then I'm sure these... What is a word I want to use that's radio-friendly? There's none. I'm sure they have children about the same age or younger or maybe older that they just spent Christmas with. I don't know. As I said earlier on, I just, I just don't think... I, I think that the, the public wants to see the perpetrators brought, brought to justice as quickly as possible. And then the next thing is even when, if and when the police catch them and charge them, they're going to sit down and remand for the next 10 years. Which is, which is the other tragic part of all this, because the family gets no sense of closure, because remand for 10 years, I mean, wow. <clears throat> you know, so there's no guarantee that the trial will go through in a, in a, in a timely manner. And mm -hmm. you, yes, you feel that somebody may have been charged if we get to that stage, but then you you there's no conviction for somebody who took your child from you in a most heinous manner and you i mean what this is the third or fourth child to be killed yeah in the last 12 months mm -hmm. we had the the malik barataria shooting you know i mean i mean it's just it's just really really unfortunate because the the bandits pull up and they just spray bullets indiscriminately. Not that, not that criminals at that level care about anybody, but I mean, God. Is it that you're that heartless? Yes. You're that, you're that hardened? You're that, you're that bent on revenge in your mind? You, you want that drug turf so badly that you don't care that you kill a six-year-old a six child? Really? No, man. It's... It can't be that. Recording in progress. There must be some humanity left in you. Must be some humanity left in you. Have to. I have yeah, to believe so. that there's some ounce of humanity mm. left in you. Oh yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. You know. But, you want, I you wonder know. how people can even think in that kind of way. Good morning, Doctor Ramlachan. and Happy New Year to you. Looking gorgeous this morning. Yeah, everyone. How is everyone today? Look at you. Fine, thank you. And you put on makeup for something, or that's yes. just natural beauty. And I bathe and wash my hair. You wash your hair too. <laughs> I should send them. I should send the guys a pic in your in your blue and white from primary school. <laughs> I don't think you have a pic of my blue I, and white I, from primary school. I'm, I'm, I think that's. I think I have a pic, oh. you know. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, um, threats of blackmail that will not work. Yeah, with uni sister. <laughs> Extortion. <laughs> Actually, that's when I was cuter, so that probably wouldn't even work as blackmail. Oh, that would be reversed. You're, not cute be reversed you're, stunningly, you're stunningly beautiful now, so. Oh, you. How old is your daughter? 
Have I told you I love you, Richard? First, let's talk about me a little bit more, Steve. Oh, sorry. <laughs> my daughter is eight okay. and she wants desperately to come on online and I told her no way. She wants to be spotlighted, you know. It's all right. She can come on. She will have her time. She's a vaccinated, uh, boosted child. So she's probably one of the few that have been double vaccinated and boosted um, mm. in Trinidad. So we probably have to bring her on to, to t- talk about her experience at some point. Because That'd be great. Her mother's there a are still, There are right. still a lot of kids who are very nervous and scared and parents who are very nervous and scared. And she's she's definitely an advocate for uh, vaccination and immunization. So. Oh, good. At eight years old, huh? Oh yeah, hundred percent. She, we went up um, uh, to see a pediatrician earlier this year, and she voluntarily got the booster. She told me that she needed to get her booster. She read that at six years old, she needed to get her boosters for her, um, you know, the, the the multivalent ones that they give the kids. And we missed it because she was, um, of course, here for COVID, and you know, we we didn't really do any vaccinations with that um, for that period of time. Because of not of we weren't we weren't traveling and all of that, and she was like, "Mommy, we have to get you know my boosters. I'm I'm overdue," and I was like, "Well, great. <laughs> let's let's put you on put you on that because she she knows her schedule and stuff. So she's she's very very much into um, you know uh, healthcare and promoting. What did they say? Children get intelligence on their mother. Yeah, I guess so. That's definitely it because it's not from the father for sure. Wow, that's tired. <laughs> anyway, good morning. Happy New Year to you. I suppose that's a good place to start the issue yeah. of the, the, the bivalent vaccines. Yes. I know Moderna and, and Pfizer have them. Right. Um, that would use some of the original and some of the Omicron, etc. Right. In terms of getting that vaccine to work more efficiently. Now, the Ministry of Health, of course, has now rolled out in a, well, has rolled out at least on Fridays and Saturdays a vaccination drive. Um, for the influenza and for COVID, right. um, using Johnson and Johnson and the Sinopharm, um, should people be concerned that they are not bivalent and and but still take them anyway as boosters? Well, I mean, the point is is that vaccination of any kind, as we have seen with the influenza vaccination um, uh, rollouts that happen every single year, uh, are going to prevent uh, be preventative and effective against preventing a certain percentage of infections, right? Especially immunocompromised and people who don't readily produce their own antibodies um, for whatever reason, um, elderly, very, very young, and of course, people who are ill and immunocompromised for other reasons. They, the vaccination gives them that little boost. I shouldn't say little, uh, it's a lot, a big boost to be able to produce the antibodies and prime their immune system for general infection of anything related to that particular vaccine proteins, right? So in the case of the original vaccine vaccines that we have here, the Sinopharm and the um, uh, Johnson & Johnson, Johnson, um, they're different techniques that were used to produce the vaccines, but they are effective against a certain part of the original COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2 virus. Now, parts of that virus, of course, are still um, in the new variants, right? The new variants have not mutated so far away that there is no antibodies produced against all the variants that are available now. That is really the take home. Um, You know, reading the literature and reading the um, post- um, you know, I guess we're three and a half years now, um, uh, accumulation of data that we've had, it shows that while the, of course, the Omicron-related um, multivalent 
well, I guess bivalent because there's two, um, uh, later vaccines that were produced in terms of the Pfizer the, um, and the Moderna in particular um, are more effective against the BA.4 and BA.5 Omicron um, variants and their sublineages of which the XBB.1.5, whatever, you know, the, all the ones that are coming out now in higher circulation and all the other Omicrons, they're all going to be a little more effective against that group because, of course, it includes um, uh, spike protein antigens um, that are derived from that group. However, it also will be effective against the general circulation of COVID-19, um, SARS-CoV-2 variants. You know, there's so many people who would have gotten COVID positive um, over the period of time right. I mean, that we have been speaking. So many people would have um, um, fallen to the virus. Um, and yeah, they are so symptomatic. Yes. Be asymptomatic or very mild symptoms. Does getting the virus enhance your protection? Yes. So there's always going to be natural immunity once you've been infected with any virus or any bacteria or any kind of um, contagion, right? So you're going to have that coupled with people who have also been vaccinated, and that's going to give your body the boost it needs to be able to fight off severe infection and death. Is there going to be reinfection? Yes. The XBB.1.5 in particular has regained that um, F4086P mutation that likes the ACE2 receptors. If you remember when I first came on, I, I used to give you this little hook like this and tell you that this is what sticks out on the surface of the lung um, cells and they're called ACE2 receptors. And the SARS-CoV-2, the original variant, was very adept at grabbing onto that like a grappling hook and getting into your lung cells. That's how come that first variant was so um, horrible um, in terms of the severity of infection and the contagiousness of the infection because it was it did a really good job of getting into the lung cells and causing severe illness. Since then, a lot of different mutations have happened, hundreds, and some of the variants have lost that. Um, really high affinity to the ACE2 receptor, including the Omicron, um, the original Omicrons. Unfortunately, the XBB.1.5 um, has regained it, as have, as have other variants, including the ones that are circulating in China and Malaysia and so on and so on. And that may, means that, what does that mean? It means it's more contagious, much more contagious than the previous variants, and um, much more infectious, right? So that means basically people who had previous infections and have some degree of natural immunity are probably going to be reinfected again, especially with the, the occurrence of this XBB.1.5. So we're going to see a lot more reinfections. Now, does that translate necessarily to severe disease and death? No. Because those people who have natural immunity from being infected, some people have been infected several times. I know people who've had four bouts of COVID-19 um, because of their you know, immunocompromised states and whatever is happening. And of course, their genetics, because we do also know that some people genetically are predisposed to being um, infected with COVID versus, versus others. Huh? Um, and we have tests for that uh, agenics as well. But anyway, coming back to the story, yes, um, reinfection is a real risk. Um, however, the fact that you've been um, immunized via vaccination or natural immunity, our combination of both, puts us here in Trinidad in a much, 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 much better position than we were this time last year, and definitely this time the year before that. What does what is happening in China now tell us about, if anything, about well, how China's, vaccinated... 
the Chinese population it was, hard, was. It's a hard situation, right? Because they had a zero COVID policy for a long period of time. And what that means is that they didn't really have a high circulation of the virus in the population because they locked it down so severely and so strongly for such a period of time, a long period of time. Um, and that's one of the big problems that they're facing is that as they opened up, what they saw, which is what we saw as well, um, was more or less an explosion of infection. Um, in their case, they have some some worrying variants um, that are, are specific to that part of the world that are, of course, now circulating at much greater percentages. And of course, they're not releasing the data being China. Um, we don't know about the, the circulation of this virus in in um, uh, more immune-naive populations, the variants that are coming around up. Um, and it, that, that's a little worrying. I mean, um, it's it's concerning to me um, seeing the hospitalizations and the deaths going up off the charts in China, but they have stopped releasing data. Even on that, as of December 25th was the last data that was, rece was received um, by the World Health um, Organization from them. And they said so they, how they had 20, 20 deaths. I shouldn't be smiling, but I'm smiling just because of the ludicrousy of, uh, you know, of it. Mm -hmm. um, they reported literally 20 deaths. What did um, they say as a population? I don't even know what the world will Steve, help me. Was the, was the population in China today? Uh, over uh, a billion. Yeah, over, over a billion. 1.2, 1.3. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, it is very concerning. I mean, I understand the, the, the fears. I understand all of those things. 1.4 billion. How much? 1.4 million. Billion. Billion. Right? billion. Yeah, yeah. 1.4 now. So I understand all of that. But the, the thing is, is when you don't um, report and release data, and you know, that's all been the problem I had with, with Trinidad in the beginning. I, I didn't like how, how the Ministry of Health was, was withheld, withholding and releasing what they wanted. And, you know, I, I will clearly say that I'm not associated with them. I'm a complete independent, have not received any um, payments. Um, or even kudos or national prizes associated with COVID-19. I'm speaking purely from a um, standpoint of a scientist and a concerned mother, wife, has, you know, my, for my husband who's immunocompromised, my parents who are immunocompromised, my child who is technically immunocompromised because of her age. And I'm saying that without that release of data and the ability for scientists like me to be able to analyze this and go through it and make recommendations, you, you are crippled. And that's what's happening in China right now. And that's what's very worrying for us around the world um, looking in. Is this like a deja vu from 2020? No, it's 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 worse to me. It's a worse than a deja vu 2020 because 2020, we were at, at, a, at a loss, more or less. We didn't know what was going on. Um, we didn't understand the... the um, Severe, you know, when it would when it would end, if you know what I mean. We mm -hmm. didn't see the light in the tunnel. We didn't see that there was going to be vaccines within a year, which is fact. I mean, as I keep on saying over and over again, that that is super, you know, unheard of, right? And it's fascinating to me that billions of vaccines could be put into arms, and yet people are still to this day, three and a half years into this thing, saying vaccines are useless. Um, it, 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 it's it, that is what is what is what is the thing that is surprising to me more than anything else. Not necessarily. Well, but this is the difference in the world today. Of course, when we started in 2020, depending on who you talk to, 2019, the world was rushing to create vaccines. We didn't have three billion vaccines in arms. It's a totally different scenario today. So, what is your greatest concern now under these new conditions? And what should we be very careful about as a country, Trinidad and Tobago, at this stage? Well, um, the lack of, of my ma most major concern, of course, is for the immunocompromised. 
the elderly, the people who are at most risk, because those deaths are going to keep on coming. Um, we have lost some family members. We've lost some friends. Um, Steve and I share a uh, mm -hmm. close friend, family friend who uh, we've lost due to COVID-19 in the last two, three months, right? Um, it's not something that is far gone in the past, never to see again. And that is what I don't, I, 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 I'm most scared about is the, you know, the, what do you call it, the 90s memory, especially in Trinidad. Um, it is wonder. Where, yeah, it, 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 we have to keep it prevalent and we have to keep it for, in the forefront that the social distancing is technically still there. The need for it, the need for masking, the need for washing your hands, all the COVID protocols, not putting yourself in a position and a place where you can get infected and then taking that home to immunocompromised elderly parents, aunts, uncles, grandparents, you know, um, children, people who have cancer, people who have um, any kind of uh, associated disease that might predispose them to having a severe infection that might end in death. Those are the things that we are, I am most concerned about, um, you know, moving forward. Is that but we're moving, awareness. you know what, we are moving into a carnival period, um, which, and which they have already marketed, whether formally or not, as the mother of all carnivals. And of course, people are very excited. Fets have started, mm -hmm. all inclusive fets have started. Um, if anybody has a CIC ticket and they want to give to me, they can give to me. <laughs> I will go masked. Don't worry, Nico. But, <laughs> but, but of course, the country is opening back up in that sort of way for, for Carnival. And is are you and the Ministry of Health, when we spoke to the Minister of Health, he said that they weren't in putting any restrictions with regard to Carnival um, for people entering the country. And, and certainly, I don't think there's no mask mandate except for um, medical facilities. Correct. Um, do you think that's? Um, do you think that there should be some sort of restrictions? I mean, I'm neither here nor there on the, on the Ministry of Health and the government restrictions. Huh? I um, um, I am pleading and imploring with the population to think about those around them and moving into that really um, uh, busy period where you're going to be out in the streets. And and um, I I I, I do really believe we need to mandate at this point. I truly don't. Um, condone the, the government inter intervention in terms of control. I really would love the government to bring in the bivalent vaccine. I would love them to have Paxavoid, um, Paxavid, um, uh tablets available for people who need it. Those are the kinds of things that, that I um, would push for and I would advocate for. Um, the mandates not necessarily, I think, is 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 really critical. I think the, the education in terms of having people understand why social distancing is important, why mask wearing is important, why washing your hands and avoiding areas where you have really, really large closed, um, you know, uh, closed in environments and lots of people packed in without doing those things are important. And I, I think to this day, that is really what we've we've missed. Um, and I, I, I think, you know, because even when they had the vaccine, um, vaccine being pushed, and even when we had the mandates for the public service, even when we had the the mass mandates, people just didn't do it, right? You, you know that. Um, and there was really no real recourse um, yeah. at the end of the day for people who didn't get vaccinated and who in the public service because nothing happened. For people who didn't wear mask, uh, masks, and, and went about their business, nothing really happened. So mandates. I'm not going to say they don't work while they give you a sense that um, the protection has to be there. It's not necessarily there unless you are able to convince enough people 
or at least yourself and control yourself and your family to be able to to do what is right for the, for those around you. At the end of the day, we are our brother's keeper, and I I, I think that is the take home from this whole thing. I mean that how that is how come we're in such a better position today, you know regardless of anything that any government did is because people stepped out there and got vaccinated around the world. I mean, we have over 60% vaccination rates in most parts of the world, which is, you know, fantastic. Um, two and three years after the pandemic was at its peak. And I mean, that that is an attestment to personal um, integrity and, and humanity stepping up mm. and far less to mandates and, and government control. Yeah. So you're suggesting that people should still be masked. They should still wear their mask voluntarily. I yeah. I know I know I know a lot of times if I'm like if I'm walking the road I don't wear a mask. But no, if no. I'm going... if, you're, if you're outdoors and I mean you know this is the same thing with the beach. You will block in the beach and the rivers and stuff. And from day one I was like that is senseless and useless because when you're outdoors and wind is blowing and you know you're you're in that area where there's no no way for transmission to occur unless literally you spit on somebody who's next to you or you, you know spit in the water and somebody drink it that kind of stuff immediately that is the kind of transmission that would happen in pools and beaches and outdoor areas and and it doesn't so i am 100 percent um you know not concerned with people who don't mask outdoors who are at least six or you know six to ten feet away from other people and those kinds of things no problem however if you are going to a concert that is indoors and you are jamming up and winding up and you know balancing all over the place or whatever it is they're doing um yes wear a mask you're you're indoors so the transmission rate is going to be a lot higher um there's air conditioning there's not natural ventilation those kinds of things even if you're outdoors and you're very very close to people and you're you know you're, you're up against somebody and those kinds of things you have to think about it you know just think about the physical transmission how does transmission occur it occurs because droplets get into your mouth or you breathe them in right so if somebody next to you is sneezing and coughing and he not wearing a mask and you are you are here inhaling that sneezing and coughing droplets um fomites as we call them on your hands all of these things you're going to get it all right or there's a much well, well i'm glad you said that because we are heading into the carnival season and uh, we know what carnival is it's outdoor but there's lots of people in close proximity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it also entails people coming into the country uh some have suggested that well there is a buffer in place for people coming from the major met- metropolitan areas because they have re- requirements for uh, negative tests from China and uh, the U.S. has requirements and the major met- metropolis have requirements. How concerned are you about Carnival? Concerned. Um, I'm very concerned because this is when um, the true test of our herd immunity is going to be right um we we think we have a good level we think we've had uh you know um enough natural immunity and reinfections and creating more natural immunity with with all the different ones coming up to this new um circulating variant um but this is going to be the true test the, the travel um the people coming in and out, the, the you know inability to be able to control the populations um, in terms of mask wearing, in terms of you know um, the normal protocols, and of course, no isolation is going to be happening, no socialization is going to be happening at all. Um, we're not even going to be able to really quarantine because nobody's testing, right? So even when people fly in with illness, we are not going to know because they're not testing any airports, not testing post um, arrival. Um, in the country, they're not testing really. Um, there's no push to test it, even in. Should they be testing? 
of course, I, I, I always can do um, testing. I mean, that's how you know, right? Um, but I mean, again, the, the, you, you really can't mandate testing, right? Yeah, I mean, it has to be in a position where people voluntarily get tested. Now, a lot of the antigen... I'm talking about from the state perspective, in your professional opinion, should they still be testing people even randomly coming into the country? Random, yes. I still believe that they need to be right, because that's how we get our data, right? If you don't test anybody, how are you going to get any data? Mm. You understand? Mm -hmm. You can't say nobody flying into Trinidad has ever had COVID-19 during the carnival period, which is what they did in 2020. Right, because they weren't tested, right? So they were very happy to say we have no infections and we have no COVID nineteen, and they run carnival like normal in twenty twenty. Because of course nobody tested, so you can't say they had anything because nobody was tested. You understand? So I really believe a lot of countries have been doing that. You know, they've been doing what they call um, spot checks. Um, a, a lot of them have stopped, but a lot of them are still doing it, especially in Asia now with the influx from China. Um, they are, they are, of course, selecting, and then people saying how they're discriminating because they're selecting where you're coming from, um, what countries you're coming from, and then checking those people and those kinds of things. And um, I, you know, I believe that there is a place for it. And I think once you see an increase in cases, it's justified. I think you need to say, okay, out of every 500 people who come in, we'll test 10. That, that's reasonable. That's not, a, you know, a uh, uh, ridiculous amount so at least to get a picture right that says okay well you know we we looked at 20 percent of people um in this on this particular flight or whatever it is we looked at 10 percent of people and this is what we got we got zero that's scientific and randomized now i remember in an earlier interview last year maybe a year before you had indicated that part of what other jurisdictions may be doing and we may have done is testing i don't want to be graphic but sewers and stuff to see if there is a an indication indication uh in the population from that perspective is yeah, that yeah. still happening yeah they're doing that all over the world yeah that's how we've been actually been able to look and they do things um in populations that they have more data and more control of so a lot of the data that have come out of um the us and the the uk and stuff have been on veterans and um the ones that go to the veteran hospitals where they have control over um, that those people coming in because they have to come in at certain times periods during the year and they you know if they seek care they, they're able to actually track them through the system um, in places like um, Europe and um, uh, Canada and some other places around the world they do the sewage um, random checks as well and that that is very useful and we do that for all all pathogens right so that's how come we were able to actually find the polio um, did I talk about polio last time I came on I can't remember but there, there was a detection of polio um, in the UK for um uh for the first time in i don't know how much year how many years 20 something years um where they actually found poly, um, polio positive um individuals and so on and it was it was first flagged because of the sewage samples so yeah it's something that we do um uh epidemiologically worldwide and that is something that we should probably do in Trinidad. We, we don't but we should mm. the bivalent vaccines i know you, you mentioned it and that the state should probably be bringing them in are they available in the private sector or they're not? It's only the state no. that's allowed to bring it in. It, 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 I, I, let me not comment on that. No. That's a short and long answer. Let, let me just leave it at that. Yeah, and the, and the, Unavailable. And the tablets that you mentioned, the, 
be as far as i know it's unavailable uh, i'm not sure if they've they've been able to successfully bring it in i hope so um and the the new monoclonal antibody treatments and so on um the newer i should say um that have shown more effectiveness against severe infection and preventing death in hospitalized patients i'm, I'm hoping that those are in i haven't checked lately um truthfully and honestly um but i'm hoping that they did um try to at least make some some of it available for especially more more severe um cases with the more immunocompromised people who've been hospitalized because it's, it's going to be they're the ones that are going to be affected at the end of the day yeah? the ones that are, are always going to be the more vulnerable in society which are those um immunocompromised people dr amlachan let's talk a bit about long COVID, and i know a number of people who've been infected in some instances more than once and they have some profound symptoms and and these are relatively young people in their one case 20s in two cases 30s and it's how it is having such an effect on their general lives what is the new data coming out on on long covid there's i mean the data is that, that we just don't know um it seems to affect every and all systematic um uh well systems organ systems in the body from the brain to the lungs to the vasculature to um nerves to muscles to everything um so it seems to be a lot more um what we call wide spectrum um than we thought initially and more worryingly it seems to be a lot longer in terms of um how how, how long people suffer symptoms and how long it stays in the body in terms of i don't know if you can is, is it that the virus stays in the body or the body has been damaged and those are the effects both, we see both we don't we, we, we we've been seeing viral loads um detectable up to six months after which we didn't think was going to be the case um and we've also been seeing symptoms up to three years after which we again nobody thought would be the case so it's a combination of both um the vasculature damage is really what is the critical thing um that i think people didn't realize the extent of so we're seeing a lot of people who actually are falling um dead with ischemic attacks, um, heart attacks, those kinds of things. Um, in addition to, of course, the nerve damage and the brain um, fog and the mental, um, long lasting mental acuity issues that have occurred post COVID infections. Um, and raging in severity, yeah? some people um, who've had very, very severe COVID-19 and have recovered um, infections and have recovered are suffering from long COVID in addition to individuals who have not had that severe um, COVID-19 infections and have recovered and are, are getting um, a simple symptom as fatigue um, months after um, myalgia. Um, you know, uh, as I said, the a lot of the, the stroke slash related heart um, kind of uh, vasculature diseases, diabetes have, in, have increased, um, auto, autoimmune disease has increased, a lot of dermatological um, issues have occurred um, because of COVID-19 infections. Um, all of those those things that we call and fall under that broad umbrella of long COVID, and that is what is worrying. And I keep on telling everybody that while you may sneeze twice and cough once and have a little sore throat and recover quickly from your COVID-19 infection, you don't know what's going to happen to your body months later. You can't sit there and say, I don't care about it anymore. Whenever it come and reach me, 
you know, I will, I will, I will recover. Um, it, it, it can't be that. And, and same thing with your people who are around you, the vulnerable people in your household. You have to be concerned about what this thing is doing to them. We've seen people who in their 30s and 40s and 50s literally dropping dead from a, a heart attack that when they've had no previous history of heart issues, no previous issues of, of high cholesterol, no previous issues of any of those triggers or uh, diabetes, any of those things that are usually associated with, with um, you know, um, uh, myocardial infractions and, or we call heart attacks. And, and why is that? It's probably because it's as a result of, of what has occurred in their body via their, their COVID-19 infection previously or multiple reinfections that have occurred over this period of, period of time. And does vaccination, does, mm-hmm. just to interrupt you, does vaccination help with long COVID? Of course, because it prevents infection of severe disease and death. Um, that is really, at the end of the day, what, we, what we're doing. And it gives you a boost to your immunity to be able to fight that infection. So the, the, the vac- virus that comes in and is hooking into your ACE2 um, receptors and getting into your cells are prevented from doing that. So while, you know, say a million might get in if you have nothing, if you have no antibodies, maybe 10,000 might get in. And that 10,000 will probably be cleared by your immune system in a couple of days versus if you weren't vaccinated, that that million will get in there, multiply, become 2 million, become 3 million, become 4 million and go off and infect other people and stay in your body to cause severe disease unrelated to the initial COVID-19 infection. Do, do we have um, statistical models that, for example, regression models that uh, show that okay, if we have fifty-one percent of the population vaccinated, uh, by what we've seen in trends across the world in similar populations, that well, X, X percentage, yeah, yeah. X percentage will, 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 will be exposed. Seventy percent vaccinated or immunized naturally is the magic number. That is what that is what decreases it um, almost to uh, twenty-fold in terms of uh, transmission. So. 50 is, is not great, but it's it's much better than none. Um, it's not as good as 70 or 80, which is what we were aiming for um, worldwide. Um, but it definitely will give you um, like a 20-fold more protection versus a, you know, two-fold or zero-fold. So there's a lot of data that actually shows um, the correlation between vaccination and reduction of severity of disease. How much of the population do you think would have been exposed by now, in one way or another, probably if we have those trends? 70, probably about 70, 70 or 75, I would say. Percent. Yeah. Easy. And, 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 and there's no indication from that estimate as to what level of herd immunity is existing in the population? No, we're assuming, we're assuming uh, I mean, all we can do is extrapolate data from, from the WHO, right? And, and the other published, um, published data that's been out there. So uh, the assumption is with the vaccination being above 50 and um, um, infection occurring at such high rates that we're looking at somewhere between 70 and 75% um, in most countries um, worldwide. Um, some you know, some, some will be closer to 50%, some will be closer to 80%, but somewhere around 70% is, is the general generally thought about number, um, which we had assumed we would get to by December 2022 which we now know that we probably are at roughly around there. But I mean, I think it's 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 safe to say that we have um, roughly about that percentage. And therefore we would have had um, about a 20% reduction um, in inf- infection and um, severe disease and death that we would not have had 
um, if we hadn't gotten there, which is Controversial, controversial question alert. <laughs> Could I go get my tea now? <laughs> controversial question alert. As a scientist, how much do you think we missed as an opportunity if we were doing autopsies, even randomly, on persons who would have been attributed to die from COVID-19 because the Minister of Health and the State has had consistently said they were not doing those autopsies. And I guess autopsies are scientific uh, exploration of what would have been the pre predetermining factors of persons dying. Even if you were infected with COVID, there were pre-existing conditions that you could make uh, associations with. As a scientist. Um, no, I mean, there's a lot. Let's just put it this way. There's a lot in Trinidad that is normal practice that is not conducive to um, gathering of data, of course, and releasing that data um, to scientists and, and be able to produce viable um, evidence to, to, to generalize um, our our mandates moving forward so to speak our, our medical mandates generally and that's for everything that's for people who die from heart attacks that's for people who die from diabetes that's for people who've affected in in any kind of contagious disease we we, we just don't do them here um we don't really do the follow-up care um even when people have been released um we don't do the the association research um and and that's always a problem we we don't data lack of data in Trinidad tobago i would say is one of the biggest issues that that's that's hindering even in the academic sphere the, the scientific sphere yeah well, where, where is any science is going to get the data from well we, systems we have, we have public we have public health care in Tobago. so unless the public health care system releases that data to the scientists we're not going to get any data so i can't go independently into a hospital and say and interview people and say, hey, tell me how much people died today from this. And it's and, not that you want names, confidentiality is protected. You want the data. No, no. And, and it just doesn't happen. Even with the COVID-19, I mean, even in that, you know that, that little daily thing that they used to, they used to release. They pick and choose what, what they're going to put. Selective information dissemination. Yeah. And you can't get it. You can't get it. Like Even something like by age. You know, tell me how many people died of COVID-19 who are above 60. You, you can't get that. Right? It, it's pulling teeth. Um, you might get the under 12 just because they are, they are in a different part of the hospital, right? You might get the, the you know what I mean? Um, it, the, the selection is based on, on their um, grouping. It's not based on anything else other than what they do right now. And they're not changing that. Well, independent, independent, and, independent analysis of data may be problematic for narratives. Let me put it well, that it, way. It's, 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 it's it may be not, problematic not, for citizen not narrative. problematic. It's impossible. Not, it's not possible. <laughs> Dr. Yamlisha, are you willing to take some calls? Or call us? Always like to interface yeah. because sure. we have questions sometimes. Um, right. Yeah, because I got a question from Oliver Manwarren. He's asking if someone had contracted the virus, can a detox help with getting rid of the remaining traces? You got that? Or you're chatting, oh, with, sorry, you, sorry. You, you're chatting with the young one? The young scientist. Oh, yes, my young scientist is requesting requesting information. Okay. Sorry, just repeat, repeat. No, no. Um, Oliver is saying, um, if someone had contracted the virus, can a detox help with getting rid of the remaining traces? If someone has contracted the virus, mm -hmm. I don't understand any question. Can a detox help with getting rid of remaining traces? No comment. 
Okay, so that means no, Oliver. I don't. No. I don't want to comment on on um, uh, natural um, detoxification and and other kinds of things, other than um, published data in terms of vaccines and drugs associated with COVID nineteen. I could comment on that. Um, of course, what you eat and how you live and the environment you put yourself in is going to affect how you recover from any kind of infection. Um, I will say that. And um, vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin D have all been known to um, assist with recovery, as well as zinc. Um, that there's published data on that. Um, failing that, there's nothing really else I could really physically recommend other than, you know, make sure that you hydrate um, and you um, vaccinate, of course, if you can, and um, eat properly and make sure you get your greens and those kinds of things that will actually be able to increase um, the flow um, of those kinds of things in your immune system. All right, so we are taking some calls, 222-8255-612-8255 and toll-free North Americans, 866-525-1099. You, you know, Nicole, I'm, I'm seeing a, and it comes back to my first question, the carnival in 2020 was on the 24th of February. Yes. And it seems to be in the same boat deja vu two years ago. And the airport was closed on the 22nd of March. Correct. I'm seeing a complete deja vu again, especially with the the lack of information coming out from China. Yeah. You know? It's, it's worrying. It's worrying. I mean, uh, uh, you know, people are saying that they're not worried because, I mean, variants are going to come, variants are going to go. And I, I am kind of always worried just because you don't know what's going to happen when that variant comes into our population who's never seen that variant before. And that is what my concern is. If you don't, If you're not giving me data on what's happening in your country, with that particular variant, how can I now say, okay, well, we're in a better position or we're in a worse position when it reaches here? We don't, we can't. It's going to be all rolling the dice. We don't know what's going to happen. And um, we might hope, based on what we see from the XBB.1.5 um, and the other Omicrons um, variants, that it's not going to be bad um, or as worse as, 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 as it was, I should say. I shouldn't say it's not going to be bad because a lot of people who've had it got very, very ill and some people have died. Um, so I can't say that, but it's not. We're not going to be in a position where we have had the number of deaths. You have to remember that we last year at this time we had, um, I think it was forty deaths per million. Uh, I mean, forty deaths. Yeah, but uh, it it was crazy the amount of of deaths that we were, we were collecting in Toronto. Because we were number one in this this part of the world, if not the world. I think it's top three in the world for deaths per capita, and. Um, we do not. We cannot be in that position again. I can't say we don't want to. We cannot. Uh, we can't sustain it um, in our in our health services. We can't sustain it um, emotionally. We can't even sustain it in our in our in our in our morgues. Um, look what's happening in China now again. And we've gone back to that point where it is the morgues are overloaded and they can't they can't do funerals. People are getting ten minute funerals. Um, I saw an interview the other day on BBC with some families in China, and they were like, they literally got 10 minutes from the time that they were told that the, the body was there to the, to the time that the body left. And um, that was it. And it was literally a lineup of people outside the door mm -hmm. waiting to come in to have similar um, experiences. And I mean, we, we, we can't get to that position again. So, yes, I am, I am concerned. All right. Good morning, caller. Hi. Good morning. It's Dr. Ramla Chan. Yes. It is. All right. Hi. Morning, Hi. Dr. Amrachan. Morning. Um, Happy New Year. Me, right? 
morning. Sorry, happy, happy new year to you. And I love the fact that your daughter is an advocate like myself. Um, I was one of those that took my very early April, my first vaccine. I took my second. I took my booster. I have no problem. I still advocate for it. But my burning question, too, is also, um, well, I didn't take the fourth one because the fourth one was for the elderly, right? But is it true that after a six-month span, more or less, you don't have much um, it, it don't give you that much protection or it may wear off because, you know, that was one of the burning questions, which I don't think anybody answered for me yet. I don't know if I missed it sometime, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we've said that from, from day one. Um, your uh-huh. immunity is going to wane. Thank you. COVID-19, like all coronaviruses, of which the cold virus is one, and you know people who have multiple cold infections during the course of the year, right? and has always had since the beginning of cold viruses coming in, right? Um, and that's because our immunity against a particular virus will wane um, after a period of time. Um, we thought we would be able to get um, a little more in terms of the length of immunity with what the, the initial vaccine study showed. However, it looks to be um, somewhere between three to four months for immunocompromised people and somewhere between five to six months for normal, normal healthy people that um, inf- either um, infection, natural infection, or vaccine immunization wanes after that period of time. So that's how come we pushed for the boosters last year, um, because we knew that the, the previous shots from the year before would have waned um, at least, you know, somewhere between three to six months um, in most people, and um, especially people over 50 and 60 and in people who immunocompromised. So yeah, we know we know it wanes, it's, it's been published, um, and that's the reason why we advocate for boosters. All right. We we just have a, a, a minute again, uh, Dr. Ramlachan. Uh, anything you want to add before we wrap up this morning? Um, Just, you know, be careful. I always say balance, you know, try to balance it. Nobody wants you to be locked up in your house. Nobody wants you to be socially isolated. Nobody wants you to avoid, um, you know, life. We have to be able to, to have that happy medium where we are living. Um, but we are able to protect the immunocompromised and the vulnerables around us, and including ourselves. We have to be able to understand that we need to stop that that promotion of that virus spread um, via our behavior. And and really, it's our behavior is what's going to stop it um, at this point. It's nothing else. It's not the, vo- the vo- gov- government can mandate from today till thy kingdom come. But unless individuals take that. Um, that that position that you know that they're going to be their own advocates and be able to help others and get vaccinated and get boosted um come you come on my daughter wants to say get vaccinated right say hi get vaccinated (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i mean it it, it's it's one of those things that you have to just bite the bullet, just like how we get vaccines for our children before they go to school. Nobody wants to hear your, ball, your child ball and scream, um, you know, as they get the shots from their doctors or whatever it is. But you have to be able to understand that it is for their betterment as well as the betterment of others around you. And uh, I mean, I think as as much as, you know, we complain about the naysayers and the misinformation pandemic and the people who are just going off about, you know, um, vaccines were created to end the world and, uh, Bill Gates, I don't even know what, I can't remember now, whoever it was, so who's the one who, who was the mastermind behind evil and, you know, let it go, right? We've, we've come through it. Most of us are lucky enough who are here to have survived it. Um, scot-free without any long-lasting symptoms. Those who have the long-lasting systems, symptoms will be there to attest to you how severe this thing is. And people who have lost 
those around them who are they're very close to like myself will tell you that the death and the mortality rate, rates are true and they're real um, in some cases they are underestimated as opposed to overestimated so so keep that in the forefront of your mind protect those around you and, and do the right thing as with everything and get your flu shot too get your pneumonia shots get everything that's available to to protect yourself and your family what if someone got so this bad flu is going on should they wait no don't wait don't wait no other countries give all the vaccines as one eh? and and um they don't wait um Trinidad, i think says two weeks between flu shots and, and COVID 19 now i think that's a new that's in your recommendations so it, you you if you can get it um and it, the pneumococcal is available you know all these different ones are, 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 are available from the healthcare for free from the healthcare services you know like your nearest yeah. healthcare facility for free and right? mix and match vaccines doesn't matter Mix and match doesn't matter at this point because I mean, especially since you've gotten if you've gotten vac- your vaccine and your boosters more than six months ago, all that is moot now. It's like you're starting um, general, you know, you're starting with more or less a, a, a unaffected in terms yeah. of vaccines. Because um, I because I'm vaccinated, I'm vaccinated, I'm boosted, and on October 11th I got COVID. Right. So I'm in the process now to probably this weekend go and get um, the other boosted. The other Which booster. Which one are you going to get, J and J? Probably. Yeah. And um, that's a good choice. Yeah, and you know, but I, I I'm gonna take it maybe on a Friday or a Saturday because I don't know when I took the AstraZeneca vaccines at first, I got quite ill, right. quite fatigued. But um, just a day, right? How long it lasted? A day or two? Uh, yeah, about three, four days. Okay. So I'm thinking it may happen again if I go for a booster. Mm-hmm. Um, let's it may, say. It, depending on the amount of antibodies you still have left, because you know your body will recognize it as as the as the antigen that you've been immunized against, mm-hmm. both naturally and um, via vaccine, and and it will start to fight it. So yeah, you would, but you want to get a good fever, you want to get a good reaction because that means that you're producing some good antibodies. If you get nothing, like me, you don't know what really happened. Um, I we got nothing. My whole family got nothing, and we were like. Maybe it didn't work, and I was laughing yeah. at them. I was like, "No, it worked. It worked. It just you, 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 you." But you want to be able to generate. You remember the vaccines, and the whole point of the vaccines, in terms of any vaccine, is to irritate your immune system, so it will react to what we are introducing to your body. So we're giving you a little particulate, um, a little piece of protein that is associated with the virus or the bacteria or whatever it is we immunizing you against, and we want your body to say, "Aha." That is crap. I'm going to fight that next time I see it. And the only way it's going to do that is if it reacts. So that fever is a good thing. Don't take, go, don't walk into the place like I was and take your Panadol and think before, Steve. Don't shame me, right? Well, I was just going in. I'm going to take Panadol. You said take it right after. After. Uh, after. Not before. Yeah. Right? Because some people, I know some friends, and we have some mutual friends who was busy taking Panadol like the week before they went to mm-hmm. the doctor. I know exactly who you're speaking about. <laughs> I won't call no names, but no, yes. I remember you said. Um, no, I never said the name. Don't, don't lie. Don't, don't again. Just reverse block me. You're using on me. But anyway, try no. to be, uh, try to be, you know, okay about it, right? Try to build up. and don't panic because you know there's a people fainting and thing before they take the vaccines and all that because they they work themselves up into a frenzy, right? Um, and there is uh there is vaccine induced um uh conditions that are created because of that panic, um where. That's actually reported in Tavares as well too. We got vaccines, <laughs> vaccine system yeah. where where people who faint out of literally fear. That's um, Wendell Stephen. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that. That, you know, it, it's if you're going to get a reaction and it's going to be bad, they're going to be able to, to handle it, right? So everybody knows what to expect now. Um, so once you tell them that, you know, this is what's happening to me and I've been vaccinated, that's why you have to wait that 15 minutes, 30 minutes after vaccination to be able to, um, to leave, right? It's because we know what to expect, right? So don't, it's not going to be something that people can't handle. And it's not going to be something that's not going to resolve itself, most likely. I mean, it might be any point zero 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 six percent that has has uh, something severe occur, but most most likely it'll be fine. All right, Doctor Ramlachan, thank you so much for coming on the Power of Breakfast course. Show once again. Happy New Year and safe carnival to everyone. If I don't see you all before, and um, you know, get get boosted if you can. If you can't, at least take your precautions. Wear a mask, wash your hands. Do what you can to avoid infection um, and be a brother's keeper, right? Because that's what the whole purpose of us being here in 2023 and alive and well is to do, is to, to be able to go forth and um, be happy. There you go. Important. Thank you so much, Nikki. All the best to you. Bye-bye. You Take and the family. Bye-bye, little scientist. Bye-bye, guys. Where's the little scientist? I knew she was right there. I knew that. Take care. All the Recording best to you. Stopped. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you for choosing Power Water 2 Digital. Listen every weekday for our live show starting at 6 a.m. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital.